footsteps behind you as you enter the woods. Night draws back its cape. Light illumines your path. Open your eyes. Listen. Welcome to Dark Softly Tales. Dark stories for dark hearts. I'm Mav Sky. Good evening and welcome to your nightmares and another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast, Dark Softly Tales. I'm Mav and I'll be guiding you through the enchanted forest of a dark story this evening. Our tale is called Poison Lip Gloss. When I wrote this story, I remember feeling as if there was a kind of whimsical magic in the air. I saw this gorgeous, naughty little witch with the most beautiful turquoise skin and an obsession with glitter and striped tights. As dark witches often do, she creates a medium through which she might trick a creature into giving her its innocence so that she might reign forever. Witches are often given a bad rap in fairy tales, or tales of yonder years. And sure, they might cause a lot of chaos, but chaos is often the instrument of change. Without change, we may never set foot inside the forest to discover our own self-worth, our gifts, or power. As awful as this witch may sound, I'm quite fond of Griselda and would pull her a star from the night sky to shine brightly through. Perhaps I have already done that by giving Griselda her role in this story, but that's for you to decide. Find yourself a lovely dark corner, light a candle, close your eyes, and let the magic seep over your skin and fill your lungs as we dive into the first of the four-part story of Poison Lip Gloss. Take my hand and hang on tight as we journey into the dark softly. Poison Lip Gloss by Mav Sky. The doll had been stashed under a juniper bush, forgotten after a late summer's game of hide and seek. When the witch found her, the doll was desperate to escape the October frost. One glass eye had already cracked, and the doll was worried about the other. The witch paused to powder her own turquoise nose before placing the doll in a cauldron with warm water. The doll sat mesmerized as fiery flames licked the tub like an affectionate kitten. The doll had never had a bath before, though she had watched her younger owner, the girl who had left her behind, take many. The witch cackled as she gathered glass bottles and jars from her many shelves. She poured three drops of rainwater from the cemetery, a spoonful of brimstone, a single tooth of a wolf pup, a tiny salamander tail, and a dash of hemlock in Devil's Club. Finally, 
She lifted the small sapphire potion bottle from around her neck and withdrew the cork. It contained the liquid pearl life force of innocence. A rare and precious ingredient. She let one iridescent drop fall into the cauldron, and then she began to rapidly stir, chanting in the old tongue. Only the ancient trees recognized the language and its magic, and their gnarled roots curled even more. The water in the cauldron grew warmer, warmer, until the doll felt she was burning in a lake of fire. The doll pleaded with the witch with her one big blue eye, her arms outstretched to the side of the pot. But the witch only cackled, and when the doll's arm caught fire, the witch pushed her all the way under the boiling water. Beneath the simmering brew, the doll dreamed that she was back in the factory, only this one was even crueler than the first. Spidery silver arms snatched her from the water, and after plucking out her single blue eye, melted, stretched, and molded her delicate skin. Then the silver arms held her over in open flame until her porcelain face, arms, and legs were baked to creamy perfection. The spider's arms then placed her on a belt where a thousand needles attacked every inch of her body. She felt them in her toes, ankles, thighs, waist, breast, throat, and her face. They painted poison red gloss on her lips and a single lead heart on her cheek. Her glass eye was sewn back into place. A heavy stick caught her hair, pulling her up and out of the dream and out of the cauldron. The witch held the doll in front of her turquoise face, batting her thick black lashes like the wicked ghoul she was. Better, she murmured. You are human size now. The witch sat the doll against an old dead stump and placed her hands on her tiny waist. The troll under the swamp bridge has bet me that I couldn't bring you to life if I was the grand witch herself. But you, my naughty little thing, are going to prove him wrong. What he doesn't know, and what I do, is that it's Halloween, a night of tricks and treats. Though you be more trick than a treat. The witch smiled mischievously, then leaned forward in her tightly corseted gown. She placed a sharp, gleaming object across the doll's pink and black striped knees. Tonight is a night of magic. Tonight is your night, my dear. The doll stared back with her one glass eye. The witch said, Do you know what that object is in your hand? Don't just lie there like a rag doll. Sit up and use your voice. The magic will only work so long. The doll sat up from her slump. She glanced down at her pale, long arms of porcelain. She bent her elbows and stretched her fingers. They worked. Slowly, slowly, she lifted the gleaming, sharp object to her face. 
It was pretty. The witch flipped her long, glossy hair over her shoulder. Her scarlet red lips commanded, Answer me! The doll opened her poison red glass mouth. She felt a purr and a sigh escape her lips, which led to a tiny dolly giggle. She clasped her porcelain hand over her mouth and gazed at the witch in amazement. The witch grinned. What you hold is called an axe. Axe, said the doll, and hugged it to her like a dainty flower. Do you wish it to be real? The witch asked. The doll nodded her head vigorously, and a hiccup rocked her chest. The witch placed a finger to the side of her dainty turquoise nose, then tapped a beauty mark above her lip. By the stroke of midnight, you must accomplish three tasks, if, that is, you wish to be real. The doll nodded. The witch pointed a black manicured fingernail at her. First, you must carve a face, and I don't care what or whom you carve it on. Second, you must find an eye to replace the one that you lost. The doll felt her face. She had indeed lost the cracked glass eye. And third, you must prove that you want life by taking a life. The witch said these words with rasp and gravel in her voice. Do you understand? The doll bobbed her head once more, then stood, lifting the axe with her. Good, very good. The witch nodded her approval. Do you see that bright star in the sky? The doll followed the witch's finger to the night draping and curling about the treetops. One star shone above all the rest. When that star is above the tree of the enchanted, she pointed at a gnarled old tree that seemed to rise and kiss the sky. Then it will be midnight, and you must accomplish these three things before then. The witch brought two fists of silver glitter to her lips, and with a wink, she pursed her lips and blew on the glitter. Poof! The sparkles blinded the doll, and by the time she had blinked them out of her one eye, the witch and her cauldron had disappeared. The doll trailed to the fire, feeling the warmth of flames on her porcelain hands. When she closed her eyes, the nightmares of her birth re-emerged, flames baking her, needles sewing their sharp teeth into her flesh. She opened her eyes and glanced at the axe. Now she had a needle of her own. She could create things too. She turned away from the fire and glanced at the swamp and bridge to the left. She thought she might find something to carve there. So she tromped through the forest. The brambles and thorns tore holes into her black and pink striped tights. 
she was okay with that. Soon, she would be real, and she could stitch her own clothes. As the doll drew closer to the swamp, she came across a dirt path, much more preferable than stomping through the brambles, and she followed it. It didn't lead her to the bridge, but to a clearing where vines grew and clung to great orange berries. She bent and touched an orange berry, smiling at the feel of rough skin. She picked it up and, glancing around, found a wide, flat tree stump to place it on. She turned the orange berry this way and that. A word came to mind. She said it out loud. Pumpkin. The word felt funny on her tongue. The doll giggled as she gripped the axe head and gently carved two eyes and a mouth. She fingered the deep curves. It was beautiful. She set it beside the stump and picked up another pumpkin. Instead of carving a face, she raised the axe above her head and chopped it straight through. One half fell to the side of the stump while the other half stood upright, its guts pouring over the side. Hmm. She dipped her porcelain fingers into the goo and brought a seed to her lips. She looked it at first, enjoying the taste. She popped it into her mouth and chewed and spit it out. The taste was good, but the feel of the seed's wood on her tongue was not. She lifted her axe and chopped the half into quarters, enjoying the pumpkin guts splatter. It was art. She turned to the other pumpkins in the field, raising her axe to the full moon above. Then she brought it down in frenzy. She sliced and diced one pumpkin, then turned around and smashed another and another. She massacred the great orange berries going from one to the other, enjoying the feel of the juice splatter on her face, the taste on her lips, the thrill of wielding the axe. With every swing, she pictured the needles that punctured her, swing, the flames that had licked her face into glass, dice, the taste of the poison gloss that stilled her from ever moving, ever breathing, smash, she hacked and swung until she tripped over vines and went flying into her pumpkin graveyard. She lay still, staring up at the golden moon. A high-pitched shriek punctured her eardrums. She covered her ears, glancing first to the left and then the right, searching for the sound. When the screech began to quiet, she rose picked up her axe and followed the sound. It drew her back to the dirt path winding back into the forest. The doll grew closer and closer to the sound. She paused, listening again, when a black shadow jumped out of a pine branch at her. Its claws sank into her hair and the doll screamed. She flailed her arms and swung the axe, turning in circles until she grabbed the creature's ribs and flung it to the ground, then stepped on its tail before it could run away. The cat arched its back and hissed at her, deep crimson, 
red as the witch's lips, streamed down its wet, matted face. The doll observed that the black cat had one green eye, and the other hung by gooey red threads from its eye socket. The doll soothed, bending and plucking the loose eyeball straight out of its socket. All better now. She went to pet the kitty, but the black cat wailed and scratched at her. Ouch! she yelped, bringing her hand to her mouth. The doll lifted her porcelain foot, and the cat leapt back into the shadows of the night, leaving a trail of scarlet behind it. The doll watched it run away, then smiled at the green eye cupped in her fingers. It was hers. She raised it to her own empty eye socket and popped it in. At first, everything was blurry, but after a few blinks, her vision cleared and she could see better than she ever had before. She searched for the bright star surprised at how close it had inched to the enchanted tree. What was the third task? The witch's voice whispered in her mind. Prove that you want life by taking a life. The doll wondered what this meant. She picked up her axe and continued on down the trail. Because her eyes worked better now, the doll could see the reflection of water between the trees ahead, so she continued following the dirt path until it led her to a rotten bridge. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you've enjoyed today's story and want to know more, check out Mavs's website at darksoftlytales.com and click on the podcast tab. Like Mav on Twitter at darksoftlytales or join her Facebook page at Mavsky. Please remember to follow and leave a review on iTunes to keep the podcast going and growing.